Hello and welcome. This is TV Donut. My name is Piers Wright. Joining me, as always, my lovely co-host Saskia Werner. Hi. And Hannah Davies. Hi. This is your first time just tuning into the podcast. What we do here is we pick a show at random from Hannah's master spreadsheet. We watch the pilot. We watch the finale of the first season. And we try to figure out what happened in the middle and whether or not it's worth your time to watch it. This week we watched a show from the UK. It's called New Tricks. It on for a long time. Yeah. Twelve seasons, did you say? Twelve seasons. Yeah. Yeah. That's for a UK show? That's crazy. That's a lot. Yeah. I was really surprised. We also technically skipped over the quote-unquote pilot, which was like, I think like a two-hour miniseries, which is how yeah. it kind of seemed to me, which they spun off into a show, which we've had for um, Due South. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the original Battlestar. There's been a couple of them. Yeah, we watched, the, uh, we watched them from all of those yeah, shows. But, but we this just, one... We, we couldn't do it We this put time. our foot down. So there was a brief previously on, on the episode that we watched, which is technically episode 101, yeah. entitled ID Parade. So we saw a little bit about what happened... But the basic takeaway is that um, our lead, Sandra, accidentally shot a dog, and now she's in charge of old men who aren't cops anymore. (laughs) This unit that nobody wants. Oh, it's a brand new unit. It's a brand new unit. The um, Unsolved Crime and Open Case Squad. Ukos. Ukos. (laughs) Ukos. Ukos. And she pulled all of them out of retirement. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Cool. Or disgraced retirement. Well, except for... We gotta give him a, a shout out, PC Clark. Right, they're 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 police constable Aaron boy. That's he is right. the eye candy of this show. <laughs> yeah. Well, what about Jerry? But he made me very angry. Uh, Jerry is is handsome. Wait, PC Clark made you angry? I'll, yeah, we'll get to it. Okay. Uh, the scene where he did not follow the basic instructions um, and oh. sold out his boss to her boss. That's right. I know it was supposed to be comedic, but it was actually just super annoying. It was infuriating. And incompetent. Yeah. Like, your boss says she's not there, she's not there. Yeah. Like, that's the rule. She'll be right there. Yeah. She'll call you back. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Thought she was here, haven't seen her. Yep. She got, she must have walked out. I'll see if I can get a hold of her. Doesn't matter. Let's talk about the pilot, or do you want to say how we felt first. I would love to see how we felt first. I love this show. Okay. Wow. I thought it was great. <laughs> I was bored out of my oh. mind and nearly fell asleep like ten separate times. See, I loved all these characters. It was a really strange one. We don't often get this kind of mix in North America where the drama is super dramatic, but then they are trying also to do a lot of comedy in these they episodes. They are. Yeah. And you wouldn't really find that mixed together here. So I found that interesting i really hated all these men right off the bat and and then grew to like them so for me i would say i'm in the middle i kind of i thought it was fine i'd be okay to watch more but i didn't love it that's interesting that you hated them off the bat i expected you to hate jerry jerry standing played by dennis waterman who has multiple divorces yes three ex-wives and daughters with each of them right and somehow they all get along yeah I mean, they all have him to kind of... And he had a few terrible scenes. One where when he was, like, mansplaining to Sandra what it's like to have children. And it was just bad. Yeah. I expected that. I did not expect you to dislike Brian Lane, who is... I just kind of mentally ill, or Jack, who's a widower. Yeah, I just think that the the way they were playing for comedy didn't work for me. They were just too kind of curmudgeon and just, like, rude. But, like, that goes away pretty quickly. Like, you get to see their heart. So I definitely, by the second episode, 
uh, enjoyed it a lot more. Okay, I'm glad. It definitely, like, I, I was pretty angry and disliked it for the first 10 minutes. My, my hate also, it wasn't hate, but I, I grew to like it more as okay. well. Well, that's but I good. Don't, no. You don't think you would watch any more episodes? Ever. Oh, wow. I was on the way over here today thinking... You're going to watch this show? There's a few, like when I was doing research for the quiz and looking ahead, I'm like, okay, I really want to see this episode. I want to see this little story arc play out. Yeah. The other thing for me is like, there was only two basic donut questions in here. One of which to me is like, what actually happened to Mary, um, who is uh, Jack, no, yeah, Jack's wife, Mm -hmm. not ex-wife. Deceased. Uh, deceased wife, thank you. Yes. Um, and I, I feel like we probably would have gotten the answer to that in the original episode if we had watched it, which makes it not a donut question at all. And we don't know what, like, who did it because that's obviously post donut. It I, seems like it's a while ago. But we, I don't know. Like, she, like at first, I thought she had just passed away, and he was dealing with that. And then we realize in, in the finale, obviously, she's been murdered. Yeah. Yes. And they don't know who killed her. But I, we don't know the details of the murders, which I'm, is what I'm saying, which I think probably would have come out in that first episode, um, whatever happened to her, how she was killed, where she was killed, the circums- whatever they do know about it that we don't know. I mean, I didn't include it as a donut question because I felt all those questions were answered in the finale of series one in Speaking to the Dead. Yeah. Well, just that she was murdered. But like- uh, in, the, in the dialogue, though, like we know that it was several years ago. They mention in conversation that it happened a few years back. Yeah, but but like I have, I was trying to get a sense of the timeline of when it happened because I in the pilot I also thought it was recent. But then they they mentioned something, but then at one point I thought that it was a long while back, yes. like at least ten years. But there's been like I feel like I got so many different. Well, Sandra timelines. says that he is recently dealing with being a widow, a widow. and then he does mention how or, long the the bloody clothes have been in the closet. I mean, we can get into all of this. Yes. Yeah. I'm just saying that was the only kind of sort of donut question. And then the other one is like, who's this hottie that she's hooking up with in the finale that we didn't see in the pilot, who I think his name is Greg. Mm. Yeah. Um, so he must've come in somewhere in the donut, but that's literally the only donut question, which my point is, uh, the show is very procedural, very standalone episode, which is another so. reason why it didn't pull pull me in was there didn't even seem to be an overarching like I thought this whole Brian conspiracy was gonna be the season arc yeah right. but it seems pretty resolved in this first episode that like actually he's crazy yes and there's no conspiracy whatsoever anyway let's get into it I also thought that WPC Daniels we would have met her or saw seen her murdered in the pilot but that was also a long time ago also a really long time well ago. they're all but all of this is one episode old cases they, yeah, yeah they they're deal all with old, old cases, cases and they they solve them old one men, each episode old and Doing for old cases. Really yeah. well, which we find out in the finale. All right, Yukos investigate into the death of a policewoman whose case was closed years ago following the recovery of the murder weapon from a lake. Aired in April of 2004 on BBC One. Title of the episode ID Parade. Yay! Which is a great title. I really liked actually all the titles. Well, it's what they is. call a lineup. Right. Yeah. She explains she that. She wants to order an ID. She wants a lineup. Yeah. I so it would be like an American. It's a pretty good title. Lineup. Yeah. It's, well, it's really. better than lineup. They do say it in the uh, in the episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's, we start with Brian, who is on the warpath for this guy Alan Wearing. He like goes to this charity place and like barges in and hangs up on a guy who's about to kill himself, calling in for help. Mm-hmm. 
and just shits all over this guy and is like, it's your fault. I got fired. I lost my job because of you. You're lying. Blah, 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 blah. And it's just like crazy. Hot. talk to somebody. Of course. Would you like to talk to me? No offence, but no. But that's a bus pass. Alan. You can't go in there. You've seen me pass. Unlimited travel, any place, any time. <laughs> Carry on. Where is he? Unless you leave right now, I'm going to call the police. Sweetheart, I am the sodded police. At least I wasn't until Alan bloody wearing helped to get me kicked out. You want to be more careful who you accept as volunteers. The man for you, if that's what you really want. In here. But I'm going to need your address. Yes, I've got a pen. Hello, Alan. That's like literally our introduction to this show. It's yeah. like this craziness. I thought that was going to be the case. Yeah. And that threw me. But what does he do? He shows a bus pass. Yeah, instead of his ID. badge, yeah. yeah, and then he makes a joke about, like, you saw it, it says I can go anywhere, <laughs> or whatever, because it's yeah. a bus pass, yeah. Probably a senior's bus pass. Yes, exactly. And then uh, we're in their office learning about, you know, a seventeen-year-old Kate Daniels, case. who died when she was 26. Terribly sad. Then the reason the cold case has been reopened, they've dredged a lake. And they've uncovered... Weapons. Weapons. Bunch of gun replicas and one real gun that was used in her murder. Yes. And... There's no witnesses, there's no evidence, but there was a six-year-old named Patricia who saw a man running from the scene. So Sandra sends them to uh, talk to her. And then she also sends them to start following around this guy, uh, Philip, because his prints are on the gun. Right. And he was a suspect at the time? He... I thought they said he was a suspect. No. I don't think so. just now. He He has a record for um, stealing underwear and exposing himself in public. Right. And I think his only connection is that his prints are on this gun. I don't think he was involved in that earlier. She says... um, they thought it was a hit, a professional hit, because yeah. she was shot in the back of the head. At point-blank range. Um, and there was no, you know, witnesses or proof, so usually that's a professional. <laughs> um, so, no, I don't think so. I think they... Uh... It's just because of his fingerprints. He doesn't even... And Yeah. I mean, obviously... They don't know anything, so they just follow him. And in following him, they see him following a various number of little blonde women yeah. which is so creepy to think about yes right? that like guys are following you and you don't even know it that anyway, was unsettling upsetting so they're like okay this guy's fucked something's wrong with this guy because obviously. Kate Daniels was also a small tiny blonde, blonde lady yeah uh, which obvious I mean you guys knew he was a red herring right away uh, which well, made me think that the person in the finale episode was a red herring, and then that person ended up being the killer. So I was like, I like kind of... Because normally these shows are very predictable, right? The yeah. first person they talk to um, is usually going to come back around to be lying about something, yes. and that'll lead to whatever the killer is, right? right? And then the most obvious first suspect is never 
the person. So in the second episode, when they went to the guy right away, I was like, okay, well, obviously that's not the guy. And then it was. Anyway, <laughs> it was interesting. But yes, we know that. I felt the same way. Uh, this creepy guy. Like, I honestly right away figured out this twist that like he was going to be the one that Patricia had seen. He would have been following her, but he's not dangerous. He's just creepy. Right. I mean, exposing yourself to women publicly is dangerous. Like it's gross and it does affect people. Yes. I don't want to say that it doesn't, but he's not a murderer. Right. He's just the neighborhood And a cop pervert. killer. Yeah. yeah. But I knew right away in this episode that that was going to end up being the situation. Right. Was that he had seen everything. But well, especially because when they're laying out his his track record. 1983 Shepherd Nick's Knickers. 1984 Nick's Small Knickers and a Bra. 1984 Just a Bra. 1985 More Bras and a Packet of Suspender Belts. You're getting saucier. 1986 Thong Teddy. You're a man of the world, Jack. What the bloody hell's a Thong Teddy when it's at home? Well, that's me. I never needed my wife to dress up like a pornographic Christmas turkey. Teddy. Mm. They go out of their way to be like, he's got an incredibly low IQ. Yeah. And you're like, okay, so maybe he could have done it because he's slow? I, tr- I appreciate the show like that they try to put in the leaps, whereas some shows they just leap to information and they don't really try to explain, but... Some of it didn't work for me, like the pork scratchings and like oh, that oh. whole thing where I was like, oh, she must have been alone because she, if she wouldn't, she would have drank twice as much. Like, right. I don't know. That's... It was a little leapy for me. Yeah. In some situations. Like, how many glasses of wine would you drink by yourself? Or, like, Only one. If you were going to rob a bank, who, where would you shoot the guy? <laughs> it's like, right. Yeah, it's like... In the head. Wherever disabled him. That's, I was said it too. I said it at the same time. I was like, in the head? Is that the answer? He's just no. no. In the leg. Okay. Twice. So their boss, his name is Bevan. He's in both of these episodes. I assume he probably shows up uh, in every episode to cause some kind of problem. Bevan Strickland. Yeah. He uh, wants Sandra to open her unit to the media on media day, and he wants her to solve this crime. It's my conviction that the modern police force must be fully conversant in all aspects of conversing with the media, print and televisual. Not against media open days in principle, sir, just so long as they don't involve my unit in practice. Your unit is the very embodiment of the way we're able to think through the divide between civilian and police in an unflinching drive to provide a better service to our customers. They're not performing seals, sir. No one's asking them to perform just to be themselves. I think you underestimate your team. Between them, they've given more briefings and press conferences than you've had hot dinners. Yeah. And as a consequence, Jack Halford loathes the press. Jerry Standing's likely to turn it into the Jerry Standing show, and that's for Brian Lane. What about Brian Lane? Let's just say that the last thing you need by way of PR is Brian Lane pressing the flesh of the fourth estate. And if they've managed to affect the arrest of the perpetrator of the murder of WPC Daniels in time for the press visit next week, so much the better. Next week? This case has been lying dormant for 17 years. What more perfect illustration of our dogged pursuit of justice? Make me happy, Detective Superintendent. That's your job. Close the door on your way out. To solve this crime, 17-year-old crime, by next week so that they can tell the press that they've found this cop killer. And this unit is really worth something. Uh, yeah. It's... And he literally tells her, your job is to make me happy. Gross. Uh, we find out Brian is off his medication, which is not good. 
Uh, Jack is super worried. She's like, you're going to lose your wife if you don't drop this investigation about your career, you mm -hmm. know, being destroyed. It's interesting because they're both kind of on this mission to figure something out and they're, they're, you know, causing damage to their own careers. But Jerry seems to be like, did he just retire? Did we, did we find out what happened to him? I don't uh, remember. Not in the span of these episodes. Right, I but mean, there is a story. Yeah, there's a story to all of them, and they, each of them has, like, a, a special little Do history. Do we find out all of it in the pilot, the actual, like, preceding Yeah, episode? that's probably true, right? It's you find out, like... Wherever the... he was when they found him and got him. We do find out that Bevan did not want Jerry on this detail. Yeah. Because um, Sandra later takes the blame. He pulls the fire alarm yes. to uh, let the suspects run by Patricia because that's how she originally saw him was when he was running past her. And she takes the blame for that because she thinks Jerry will get fired if he admits that he's the one that pulled the alarm. So Probably we do true. know that he's obviously persona non grata, whatever he did. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he doesn't seem to have this like dark, tragic backstory or like case he's trying to solve. He's Maybe like... he's just trying to get his his rep back or he would have been one of the rough he would have been like the rough and tumble cop right. who's suspicious didn't like, go by the rules yeah and obviously because of that suspicion of corruption things like that but they are all just kind of peaceably retired none of them were kicked off the force like none of them if they'd been kicked off the force none of them would have been brought back right but Jer or oh my god I can't keep them straight uh, Brian yes uh, killed someone well, a suspect died in his custody, and that ruined his career. Oh. In so his maybe custody. he was like, like demoted, 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 and not kicked out of the force. But I feel like that was probably the trigger for his retirement. I don't know if he. <sighs> None of them were like fired. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because yeah, they wouldn't be back where they are if they had done something that wrong. But he still maintains that something happened that night that makes it not his fault that this man died. Well, and that's really the. It's really less about what happened that day and more about his interpretation of the events because yeah. he thinks it's a whole conspiracy. And in the pilot, there's a scene where they're going through like all these potential candidates and doing the classic, you know, dead, dead, uh, as good as dead, crazy. Um, I wouldn't want him around my kids. Like they're getting rid of all these candidates who are clearly unqualified, either dead or not, should not be brought back to the job. So yeah. all three of these guys, no one, none of them have, have screwed up enough to be kept off the force. Yeah. For now. For now. Mm -hmm. For now. So, yeah, Strickland wants them for this press junket. I mean, he, that's kind of his role in both episodes. And for quite a while, actually, for a few series, is he's just the boss that cares more about politics and appearance than actually solving cases and gets in their way, stops them whenever they're getting close. A another classic procedural character. Yeah. Right? Uh, Brian's wife, Esther, comes home to two voicemails. One's from him saying he'll be home at the normal time. And then the other one is from Alan Waring, and he is pissed. He is <laughs> screaming about what Brian has done and telling him he's going to sue him for defamation. He's ruined his reputation at this volunteer place now. And uh, Esther just packs her bags, takes the dog, and walks out of the house. Bye-bye. So we see that Brian, or uh, Jack, is right that... You know, Brian Brian's is. pushed her too far. And, and uh, she gone. That's actually my favorite thing because all their, like, the scenes where they're discussing, you know, the, their private lives is when you actually get some stuff about them. Because yeah. Jack's freaking out about him losing his wife because he's lost his wife. And 
I don't know. Whenever they're having one of those moments, everyone just ends up talking about their own problems. My favorite scene for sure is definitely when um, Brian ends up at Jack's house and he's putting everything away where his wife would put it. Doing a bit of salt. Next one along. This is Mary's condiment cupboard. Esther thinks it makes more sense to keep her condiments in a cupboard above the oils. Orange squash. Cupboard under the sink. Near the taps. It's a more systematic approach to the kitchen arena. Tell me, Brian, where would Esther prefer to keep the telephone? In the hall. Jack Halford. Jack, you won't believe what's just come up. Where's the idiot savant? Clark, you can't raise him at his house. That's because he's here, and I'm about to kill him. Please don't tell me I can't. And Jack's losing it because it's where his wife kept it, right? right. And and it's just she, he's just like, you know, don't worry, I'll put everything back as soon as he's gone. Like it's just not worth the fight, blah blah blah. Oh. And it's just like you can just see their personalities, and it's like they're not even doing it for their own sake. It's like because that's how their wives would have wanted it, which is like so adorable. Also, like brainwashed. I love of just the... like decades of living with someone that's yeah. like, no, we do things my way. Jack still talks to his wife, yeah, when he's alone. It's as if she's still there. Yeah, and he gets increasingly upset that she's not talking back because he is like he's worried that he can't solve cases without being able to bounce ideas off of her. That was a big part of his um, process, right? Yeah. And without that, he's worried that he's not going to be as good of a cop. And then meantime, Jerry is having uh, dinner with his brood, and he finds out he's going to be a grandpa, and he is pissed. Oh, he does not react well. No. No. Well, we also find out that the father is not involved. He's basically a sperm donor. And, uh, yeah, Jerry's like, I can't afford uh, this. <laughs> <laughs> I have three wives. That I have three ex-wives, yeah. I have no money. And three I can't daughters? Have, babies are expensive. At least, yeah, at least three daughters. I did like how... Um, we get a really good sense of time in between the episodes. Oh, I have no idea how much time has passed. No, we see the birth of the baby. The baby oh, that's right. right. So it's like that's right. seven months. Yeah, let's say that. Yeah, yeah. Thank God for babies. They let us time these things out. Right? He thinks that uh, Daniel's knew her killer. You know something? I think she knew him. What? WPC Daniels. I think she knew the bloke who killed her. I mean, if she was in that pub on her own. I would have expected the quantities of stuff in her blood and her stomach to have been at least or double of what they were. She was never a big drinker. She had set foot in a pub. Her drinking habits were never mentioned in the case file. No, I, I asked around. Nevertheless, I know women. Jerry, supper or no supper, being divorced three times isn't evidence that you know women, only that you know how to piss them off. All right, then. Tell me this. You go into a pub on your own, how many glasses of wine are you going to have? By myself, one. Why? Because more than one and some 
predatory arsehole thinks I'm easy meat for his reptilian charms. Yeah, and one drink looks like you're waiting for someone. Yeah, or... Or loading up with Dutch courage before going on somewhere else. One glass of wine, two cigarettes, a full packet of pork scratchings. I mean, not a quarter or a half you'd expect if she was sharing them with someone. No, she was in that boozer alone. Settling her nerves before coming up here and meeting her killer. Uh, yeah, they're up at that... They have that great scene at the park bench, which, which is what you were talking about. How many Sandra glasses of wine Jerry. are you going to have alone? Yeah, only one. Only one. And a full bag of pork scratchings. She was loading up the courage to go somewhere else. Yeah, Dutch courage. That's what it was. I kind of buy these like conversations when you're dealing with cold cases. If this was like a fresh case, I'd be more suspicious of it. But when it's a cold case, I'm like, all right, you're just... You got nothing new to go on, so time to just think about it. I found it so weird that they were in that park until I realized that's where she died. Because yeah. I was like, you're just going off for a little park visit. To, like, the scenes where they're all going to the bar to talk about work is weird. It feels very weird. Like, that's I... such private information that you should not be talking about in a public place. Definitely. But this, too, threw me off, and I was like, what the fuck are they doing with their lunches? But then I realized that that's where she was murdered, so that makes total sense that they would go there to try and... I... See if they could figure anything out. And that's when she asks for the ID parade. Yes. So that, uh... And she agrees to the press day to get it. That's right. Yeah. Uh, also, Brian cannot figure out where his wife has gone and or where his pills are. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he of... flushed them down the lavatory. That's right. Yeah. That's... He, he <laughs> ran out. About... Another scene I liked is that he's trying to solve her disappearance. Yeah. Having not heard the messages, he just finds the groceries on the table and, like, it's not like her... To not put stuff away, and then she's taking the dog. She hates the dog. Why would she do that? And it's just like it's just so copy. Like instead of, and then yeah, she's turned her phone off. She's unreachable. But for some reason, um, Jack knows that she's just gone to stay with her sister. Yeah. So he told her, she told him where she was going. <laughs> kind of weird. Um, yeah. We also get this scene right after this where Sandra's in therapy. What are you hoping to gain from these sessions? Well, um, I'd like to come to grips with certain destructive patterns of behaviour in my life. Destructive to... Mainly myself, but also... Also to others. The last relationship I had was with a married man. In fact, most of my relationships, when I think about it, have been with men involved with other women. Can you tell me the first time this happened? During my training at Hendon Police College. Go on. Two other recruits had started seeing each other and I... Well, I couldn't have that, could I? Why couldn't you? I've always been excessively competitive in whatever I do. Wherever I am, I can't help it. And um, at Hendon, I had to be the top recruit. But I also had to be the most popular with the girls. Um, and um, the most attractive to the guys. And this other girl, Kate, she had it all going for her. Everyone liked her. I was the top recruit. But everyone liked her more as a person, you see. 
As I say, all my life, I've aimed at being the best in whatever I do. But it's not the same as trying to be the best person I can be, is it? And winning things, prizes, awards, other people's fellows, not the same. What's that you're writing? Bitch. Breakthrough. With a small b. Yes. Um, well, she accidentally lets it slip that she knows something that's not in the file. Mm -hmm. And then she lies and says that she asked around. This is one of the scenes that bothered me because as a cop yes like to us even we're like that's a lie like it feels like a lie and he's a cop so like why would you believe that yeah, yeah. and then she comes clean that she knew um Kate, Kate Daniels they went to school together and then uh Brian is like oh well then did you also know Nick Gilbert like mm. he's in this file long-term which... boyfriend of Kate and yeah. it turns out she did know him and in her therapy session we find out that she is I mean she's a workaholic and I guess most of the problems in her life come from bad relationships. She's always dating men. men. who are in relationships with other women. Yeah. yeah which is she a... She said she's super competitive. And she was very jealous of them because they were very in love. It was their first love. And they were just happy. And she just decided, well, I'm going to take him away. <sighs> and she did. She also, in, in this session, tells her that she was the top recruit. But everyone always liked... Kate Moore as mm -hmm. a person. Understandably so. Yeah. Sandra's I mean, I like Sandra a lot. I think she's she's really good at keeping this crew online. She always like when she steps in and takes the fall later. She's, yes. She's a good leader, but she's also kind of a sleaze bag. Well the scene also ends in a crazy way. She like her therapist starts writing something down and she's like, What are you writing, bitch? Yeah. I just like it says it's breakthrough. It's breakthrough. She's beat. writing breakthrough because that's her job to write things down as she's treating you. Yeah, it was she's crazy. very sensitive. Yes. She's a little hypersensitive. Yeah. And competitive. Yeah. And she wants everybody to like her, right? So it's like stressful. It is. Yeah. And then, yeah. So they show up for the uh, ID parade and pull the fire alarm, and she's able to ID Philip. The only reason because he's running. As this the was man. the. This Worst very, scene this in a both episodes. Where he like positions. Uh, what, what's is it, I, I the witness's name? Yeah, I or just want to say Grace because Patricia. that's all I keep thinking about is Grace. Patricia, and then he puts her in this seat in this awkward like seat in hallway. Yeah, and then pulls the fire alarm and then tells all the the people in the ID parade to run, run, get out of the building. And as he's sprinting by the girl because she's had this recurring nightmare yes. of this running man, just like my she can nightmare. ID him one hundred percent. It's number four. Oh man, and that sound design as he runs past wow. when he cuts into slow-mo and you hear like a little scream as if from a memory. Wow. I loved it. I couldn't handle it. I was so into that. It was scene. the worst. The worst, but also great at the same time. So I yeah. So, so the pieces are falling. It's in definitely place. they him. can finally interrogate him, and his excuse for dumping his guns is that he got really into knives, and he had so many knives that there was no room for his guns. It's a weird. I mean, we know he's a I weird guy to begin with. <laughs> totally bought this it. This is Philip Shepard, right? Yeah, yes. this is the yeah. pervert. 
I think she pretty much believes it right away. Yeah. That he did not kill her. But she's like, okay, but you saw everything, so just fucking... Like, you have the gun. You took the gun. Yeah. So... Tell us what happened. What's going on. And yeah. so he fills him in, like, whoever it was, put it in a bag, put it in the garbage, and he just pulled it out. Yeah, because he was collecting them. So that lead is dead. But the description that he gives them is pretty unhelpful, basically, yeah. of the man he saw. He could ID him, though, if they had another ID parade. If they had. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been the perfect end of this episode. Two ID parades. Yeah. And then Brian and Clark go to see Nick. Brian's been... He's supposed to be practicing for his press day. Yeah. But he's, like, obsessed with that, this Nick thing because he's not sleeping because Esther left him. He's just reading the case file over and over again. He's like, something is off about this man. So they go and see him. He's supposed to be in a wheelchair, but he's using two canes to, like, shuffle around. Oh, it was and, uncomfortable yeah, watching him move. find out that he had the bullet removed a few years ago, and he's keeping it in his fish tank, which is there because he can't have sex anymore. So he has fish instead. He was a very sad character. So, yeah, when he was, like, 14 years too late, I was like, oh, my God. So uh, they steal the bullet, and Sandra gets really pissed off. Yep, because <laughs> they've... Gone past they tampered with evidence. Like, they can't use that bullet as evidence can't now that they stole it. Into evidence. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, they, they're career cops. They should know better. They haven't been off the force that long. Yeah, and his excuse is like, oh, I have just have so much on my plate and I'm so stressed right now. And then the guys try to be like, it's okay. Like, don't. And then she's like, no, no it's not it's okay. Not. We all have our problems. Like, yeah. You're, then, a widow, you're a widower. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He's a grandpa. And she literally tells them to take him home and tie him down to something, <laughs> which I thought was kind of funny. And, but then she does give him praise. She's like, that was super intuitive work of you to figure out that he was lying about something. Right. Yeah. What was it they figured out from the bullet that it would... I mean, they they'd kind of put it together that, that him, him being shot in the leg should have been just to disable him and he was an inside man. Yeah. And just that it had gone poorly because the bullet had ricocheted into his spine? Yeah, I don't know what... Um, what was the trigger off Maybe of it it was his gun. Does it match the gun that killed Kate, maybe? Possible. He's the one that killed her? Mm. Like, he mm. is the one that killed her, right? So, but why would they shoot him with his own gun? Well, no, he's not the one that killed her. I mean, he, yeah, he he's oh, responsible no. for the guy her who death. shot her, the guy who shot him is also the guy that shot, shot her. her and yes. It's the same... That's why. So Sorry. It, we were paying attention. I swear to God. I know, right? But this this bit triggered, like, slipped me up. Because I yeah. couldn't figure out how they got from here to that here. That makes sense. The bullet um, that they took out of the fish tank must have matched the bullet that was in... I don't think they ever said Kate this. Kate Daniels. No, I, I they didn't. It definitely seems that way. Um, because that would make sense. I mean, that doesn't... It doesn't prove that he was in on it, I guess, but... Right. He confesses, so that's the thing, right? Like, if it was a she uses the like, you've let her down three times now, like, don't let her down again, don't let her killer get away, kind of thing, right? And finally, he's like, okay, fine, like, I was super jealous, you guys were doing so well. He says he dropped out just because of the breakup, he was so devastated to lose Kate that he couldn't handle it, blames her for everything, which mm -hmm. is like, she owed me, right? So, when um. He was approached for this robbery. He agreed to be shot in the leg, but the bullet ricocheted inside the armored truck and it hit his spine. But they did not give him extra compensation Nothing. for being paralyzed. So he tried to blackmail them, and then that didn't work. He sent Kate after them 
and she tried to blackmail them, and she got killed for it. So he's just been carrying this around for 15 years, was it? Yeah. Yeah. 87. 17 years? A long time. A long time. But again, he was probably blaming her, because that seems like the kind of person that he is. Like, he did this all to himself. He cheated. Yep. He dropped out of school because he lost his girlfriend. Yep. He took the money and agreed to get shot, knowing, of course, something could go wrong. Obviously. Of course it could go wrong. You can make an artery and bleed out out of your leg. Yep. Never, never volunteer to be shot. (laughs) Uh, Lesson number one that we learned from new tricks. So, like, he's, yeah, those kind of characters and those kind of people who just, like, cannot take responsibility for their own choices frustrate me to no end. I don't feel sorry for this guy at all, even though his wobbling is, like, very sad to watch. And he will have nothing to pay for. He walks free at the end of this fucking episode. Yeah. Because he turns in the other dude. Yeah, he the real, the real man. Finally, like, delivers yes. Justice. Here's all the information I have. Go kill him or arrest she, him. He gives him the name, right? Yeah, yeah and yeah. he gets arrested. They drag him in, which was satisfying to see. It did feel like a door had been closed in yeah. this case. That was nice. Uh, then there's only two more things that happened in this episode that are important. One is that uh, Jack and Brian try to prove to Esther that he's a changed man. He's giving up the case. He's romantic now. Mm-hmm. And, and it works. He promises to go back on his meds once he can find them. <laughs> um, and then uh, Bevan brings the... Um, the PR junket. The press down to meet the guys. And they're all sleeping. I love yeah. that. It's a closing beat. <laughs> they're was... all, they all had like little blankets and like PC Clark standing over them. It was a solid nap scene. Like it really seemed like they were actually asleep. Like sometimes when people fake sleep, you're like... No. That's yeah. They lay solidly. All looked like they were fast asleep. It was a. They don't feel that old though. Well, that's funny because when they yeah they have to take this uh, physical in the finale that we'll get to, and it's like only over fifty. And I think um, Brian does say like I'm only fifty four. One of them yeah. is fifty seven. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, I you, you might be working your way through it a little bit, especially if you've just taken five years off from being a fit. Yeah. Police officer. But, like, naps are just good in general. Agreed. Plus, they just solved the case, right? It's so. just three men sitting in chairs Together, around each other. Sleeping, yeah. sleeping with little tartan blankets while a younger man, like, watches over them. Yeah. And Clark does not imply, it's like, outright says, like, it's nap time. So it's like, this is like a daily it's like yeah. nap time. Yeah. Do you think so they Here's were... your milk, drink it, and go lie down. Take your naps. I wonder if it was a prank on... On the press? On Strickman, That's at least. That's funny. Could just be. to mess with him. Yeah, they're not happy when they find out about the press day. No. Yeah. And she isn't either. She tells Devin, like, you don't want these guys talking to the press, especially Brian. Like, you don't know what he's going to say. No, he's probably just going to start crying. (laughs) Oh, he does cry. And all like, (laughs) yeah, when he starts sobbing, it's like really hard. Oh, all right. Let's talk about the finale. Talking to the dead. Episode six. In an attempt to make contact with his late wife, Mary, Jack goes to see a clairvoyant. Instead, he meets a girl who died in a shipping container in 1982 and has the case reopened. This was a horrifying murder to solve. It was pretty unsettling the whole way through. And like the only evidence, and we'll get to it, that what we got at the end of this was actually the truth about what happened. Yeah. Is that her ghost says she's sorry about everything. Yeah. That's our only reason to really believe that this man is telling the truth and that he didn't just fucking 
kidnap her. <laughs> I do believe yeah. him. I'm just saying. I like, they just it. take his word on it, basically. And then he gets set free. But anyways, we'll get into it. That was so... Uh, no. Okay, yeah. We open up with Jack is talking to a clairvoyant, a young man, trying to reach his wife, Mary. Yes. He's, like I said, really upset that she won't send him any kind of a sign or a message that she's hearing all these conversations that he's having out loud with her. <laughs> and it's not even like the way you would sort of like assume that people were talking to a dead person like they know they're dead yeah like he's trying he's trying to have a conversation yes. with her constantly and then ending it when other people come in like okay we'll talk about this later or i'll finish what i'm saying like it's like like she'll miss out if he does like it's just it's i don't want to say crazy because yeah. it's not crazy but it's just intense it's the level intense. of attachment that he has to this woman obviously and it's very hard to watch because he's like so all alone very sad. Yeah. And it seems the wound seems fresher in the finale than it does in the pilot. But only because we focus more on on his backstory. I'll say this, it's been 5 years. Holy wow. crap. It's been f- his Thank wife you. died in 1998. Hit and run. Oh, oh wow. that makes run. Way I thought it was a straight up murder. She got shot. Well, that is yeah. murder. It's no. A second degree murder. Yeah. Man's, a, well, vehicular manslaughter. Depending on whether <laughs> so or many not words. it was intentional. Yes. Because she was, was also intentional. We have oh, seen was. Uh, Shameless where Mandy had. Oh, um, I forgot about what's that. What's her name? Run down in the street on purpose oh, by our no. dear friend. Nah. And then her brain don't work don't, so good. Don't say it. <laughs> Oh, so people do do that on TV for sure. Okay, there's a giant conspiracy happening in this episode, possibly where everyone else in the force is trying to take these guys down, including uh, blasting the air conditioning into their office so it's completely freezing and no one is coming to fix it. They've also instituted now. I thought they said monthly physicals. They did. Okay, on the fifteenth of every month. Uh, so they've got to take not only a physical test but a mental test every month yep. and pass it to keep their jobs, which is like crazy. Hey, hey, hey. Listen to this. All the constituents of UCOS over the age of fifty are requested to undergo routine physical and psychological evaluation on the fifteenth of the month to ensure compliance and capability to operate within the parameters of their defining role. They're taking a piss. Not yet, but they certainly will be. 300 milliliters minimum. <laughs> oh, money. It does Exhausting. Seem... Like once a year, maybe. Once every six months? Every month? Every month. That's a... Like how much is going to change in 30 days? Well, and how much would that cost? Because you yeah. have to get these specialists in and do these lab results. Oh, yeah, it would be... It's a full day's work for those Extremely two people expensive. they bring in. Yeah. So when Jack was talking to the medium, they did not find Mary, but he did bring up a bunch of names. I'm sensing a passing over in tragic circumstances. Can you accept this? Yes. I'm getting a connection, but it's not by blood. Will you accept this? Yes, could be my wife. Just a minute. Yeah. Who are you, please? Is it Mary? Is your name Mary? No. It's not Mary. It's a girl. A girl? 
The girls. A young woman. She's standing behind you. Sixteen or seventeen. Carl, Carla. Carol. Caroline. Karina. Stoll. These might not make much sense now, but they might do later. Note them down. I don't know anyone of that name. Forget her. Concentrate on Mary. I told you it's not Mary. She's telling me she's very thin by the end, like a skeleton. Where is she? What does she want with me? She wants me to tell you that she passed before her time, and yeah, yeah, I know, I know, love, and that she's so very sorry. Sorry for what? She's saying to me. For everything. Uh, it's specified in the episode she lasted 42 40, days. 42 days. Yeah. Jack wants to investigate, um, but he doesn't want to say how he found out about the case. Understandably. <laughs> yeah, so they pull the file. They found out she disappeared in February of 1992. First they thought she'd run away, then maybe kidnapped. Uh, no notes or ransom ever came, so they thought maybe she was abducted. Um, and they find out the file has all these, like, redacted portions, all these blacked out things, and they don't know why. So they're like, all right, let's go find out what's not in this file and test her clothes for DNA. Because at the time, that didn't exist. A lot of the episodes in this series run around that. DNA. The sudden yeah. appearance is, of DNA. I mean, yeah. yeah. it's huge. It's true. It's like a big line in Although law Although now they found out, like, all that shit's all fake anyways, and, like, half of it was lies. <laughs> No evidence is real. I think what was it? Hair follicles. They've now proven that like matching hair follicles is completely fake, and like Impossible. none of that was real. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. It's very stressful, guys. Don't get arrested. Yeah. Just don't ever. Yeah. Don't ever be in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> yeah. You can avoid that. It's easy. Um, the sister. Oh they visit God. the sister of the dead girl. Yeah, Sarah, who doesn't give two shits. She, she really wants them gone. Yeah. She's. I for sure thought she was going to be the murderer. So which is like, I. how could she even so be a murderer at that age? But but she seemed she was so really off, closed off. Well, she's very angry, and he, I I think again, this is like just posturing. But when you go through something as a kid, where like let's say a sibling is disappeared, kidnapped, murdered, yeah. and you deal with the police on that level, mm-hmm. and then nothing gets resolved, Oof. like you would have kind of a lot of cop rage. I yeah. feel like because you're like these guys are fucking idiots. Like, they just right. trample through your life. They probably accuse your parents. Right. Like, it's just craziness, right? And then nothing. They don't do one good thing. Right. Um, and she does say, like, her, I think, her was it her mom or her dad? One of them had a stroke almost, like, two years later. Yep. And then she just lost her other parent um, recently from broken heart. Uh, and she just doesn't want to. It's done. It's over. Just fuck off. Right. Yeah. She's she's no help. Yeah. <laughs> it's too late to help her family. Yeah. So, so like, I get it. I buy why she's yeah. like this. But, but it's very cold, and we don't usually see that um, from a family member, so it's interesting. Yeah, Sandra goes to the psychic and pretends to be Sarah, mm-hmm. tries to get information, and he ends up telling her that the channels are blocked, and he gives her money back, which... Did did you think he... like? He, I got the sense he was just on to her in this scene. He clearly knew she wasn't who she was saying she was. Yeah, for me... I think we are supposed to believe that he genuinely is a psychic. Yes. And that he couldn't connect to um, 
her because that, that she's not her sister. She presented yeah. the she, wrong information. Well, to they him. don't, it, and she doesn't connect to her, right? I mean, she doesn't connect to um, Jack either. But. Jack has a legitimate <laughs> reason to be at the site yeah. and is actually like he believes. I think I I thought he was being honest and like like they're blocked. Like, but I, I also think too. that you're right too. Is like like telling her anything is dangerous probably because it's like you're obviously lying yeah. you're trying to get me to say something so saying nothing is the safest play here so just take your money go away i never know how we're supposed to feel about that when it's a cop show and they they go with a is he clairvoyant isn't he does his psychic actually know anything like it's yeah. a very spiritual supernatural line for a for a facts-based procedural to take. He certainly doesn't prove anything because in we the first scene he gives multiple names, none of which are correct. Yeah, Just but they looking all... them up lead to this woman Caroline Stillman's name. Every sick that but also that's, that's a, like a miracle program, by the way. He types in like six different names. Yeah. And none of them get a match, but it was like closest match, and every single one of them was the name, what was it? Caroline, Caroline Stillman. Stillman. And like for like six different names that you can't get a match, but the I need the I need that name need program. <laughs> but what use of it would be for you? Uh, I mean, to be fair, <laughs> it's very specifically just for like cold cases, unsolved murders. Yeah. So hopefully there was. I, that's the thing. Oh, that, that's the only is. thing that makes me think he was legit. Right? Is that he gave out these names that were close enough yeah. and led to this case. But then in the, the third scene, when we see him, when he gets pulled in, um, all he does is basically read um, what this other psychic has done and give his opinion. Give his opinion of how he's scamming. On how he handled it. Exactly. Yeah. But he never gives any information, solid information to prove that he's psychic. Right. He is more useful, though, than most psychics. I in the believe way that, that he was psychic. As do I. In the show, well, yes, 100%. No, not in real life. They didn't hire a real psychic. No. No. But no, he was... In the show, I think... But they were, he was they also presented They as. didn't prove it. They didn't he prove it. He might have been just a better fake psychic than the other fake psychic. I think that's a good way to handle it. But also, the fact that he's able to point out... And we should say there's another psychic, Lombardo, who was involved in the case when it first happened. Mm-hmm. And Is who it just up... Lombard? Oh, yeah, Lombard. Lombard. I kept calling him Lombardi, and I was like, that's not right, Hannah. It's totally Lombard. It's so Lombard. wrong. So there's a very interesting scene in this episode. I don't want to get into it too much because I'm hoping it's going to give me an advantage on this quiz. But she goes to meet Bevan in the bar and ask him about this physical. Like, are you setting my guys up? Like, they kind of think you're trying to get rid of us and that's why you're sending them up to fail and he's like no like everyone has to do this physical they have to do the physical like yes there are some people in the force that are kind of upset with you because you have been so successful you keep solving all these cases that they couldn't solve at the time and it's making them look bad right and so you know there may be some people within in that, that are against you, but I am not one of them. And, uh, like, this is not a trick, basically. But he does kind of give, like, a long list of, like, all the cases that they've worked and what's <laughs> happened in them. And I was like, oh, I'm writing all of this down just in case it comes up on the quiz. Yeah, he really spoiled a lot of questions. Yeah, in that and for only four episodes, right? Because we've only missed four. But the point is really that she's terrible with the politics. Mm-hmm. She doesn't play it right. And... You know, he wants her back in on the force. He wants her going undercover. He's got this new job that she'd be great for. But if she doesn't learn to like schmooze and like not just not care who she pisses off, then it's not going to work out basically. And she he wants her off this psychic case because it it looks bad. He's very serious about that. 
No more, no more work on this case. Yes, but they ignore him. Yeah, Polio completely. Page files. PC Clark makes everyone tea. <laughs> also, though... an amazing scene. The reason that happens is Jack takes his wife's bloody clothes out of the closet, uh... switches them out for someone else's bloody clothes, which I assume is this woman, Caroline Stillman. But why would her clothes be bloody? Maybe it's just random other clothes. Who knows? I, I mean... couldn't understand what was happening. But he sends them into the lab to get tested. And to do that, he needs to get Clark out of the office. So it's like, oh, can you get me a tea? And he's like, look, we we agree. I'm not the tea boy. Like, yeah. I work here just like you guys. He's like, just this one time. <laughs> and so that works. He doesn't even want the tea. He just wants him gone. But yeah. he ends up getting the tea. And the other guys see it. And that turns into this landslide of, like, You're not supposed to do that. Sandra tries to stand up for him and says, like, listen, I told you. You can't use him as the tea boy. And then he's like, oh, just, what's like, okay, well, then maybe you should just get us all tea and a biscuit <laughs> and this and that. And it's like, oh, I felt so bad for him. I thought that was very funny. Uh, I greatly enjoyed that. So sad. Well, he's got a lot to learn, PC Clark. Yeah, his suggestions on the cases are almost universally worthless (laughs) in every episode. Yeah. So they find out that Martin Lombard, uh, who was 22 at the time, was a clairvoyant that was involved in Caroline's case, and his name and information is what's been blacked out of this file. The cop tells him. Uh, I we start to suspect he was guilty and we didn't want him involved in this case, which doesn't really make sense. You can't just black him out and then have it not be true. But basically they, they gave him too much um, room inside. They gave him too much information to even charge him. Right. Because... Now he's, we gave him the information, so if he knows, like, yeah. of course he knows it. Yeah. We can't prove that he knew it beforehand. Exactly. And so Martin has kind of moved out to the boonies. He's an online psychic now. and Super wealthy. Uh, we can tell that he's gotten very rich because he's got a very nice house. Full of creepy um, Brian thinks he's full of shit. Brian does not believe in psychics. <laughs> he's like, this is bullshit. Uh, and you guys are b- stupid for believing in it. Well, and he's right to do so because in the, their first conversation... With the original death mask of the great Russian writer Turgenev with the serenity with which he faced eternity. It's supposed to be my favorite piece. Martin Lombard. Ex-Detective Inspector Brian Lane. And this is my colleague. Ex-Detective Chief Superintendent Jack Halford. Ex-Post-Retirement. We were drafted back to a special unit investigating unsolved cases. Must have taken some squaring with your wife. My wife? Hmm. Now that she thinks she's got you all to herself and has handed you a list of all those odd jobs, off you go back to work. She's no longer with us. My condolences. I'm sorry I didn't mean to intrude. You haven't. I see a great deal of anger at her passing. Much of it unresolved. Well, this is all very interesting, but we didn't drive out to the home counties to discuss my colleague's personal situation. Of course not. My apologies. So, you have an unsolved crime that you'd like me to help you with. Can you tell me, how did you find me? Did you stumble across my website? I found you on the files of the Caroline Stillman case. Caroline Stillman? Let me turn this off. This is a fabulous house, Mr. Lombard. All through clairvoyance? Yes, well, most people need to be in touch with their spiritual side, and I step into the void once filled by religion and help them express that need. At a nominal cost, of course. If you need to speak to your dead, I too have to live. 
Can I ask you why you've reopened this case? We're not at liberty to say. Uh, you gained credibility with the original investigation by claiming to know about a birthmark on Caroline's head. Yes. Yes, well, I felt the need to come forward because I had information which I thought might lead to Caroline being found. When I mentioned a birthmark, it seemed to give me the necessary credibility. Can I ask you how you came by that information, Mr. Lombard? As I said to the detectives at the time, how else but by clairvoyance? How else indeed? He's our man, Jack. When he's talking to Jack, he, he basically brings up his wife. He doesn't know Mary is dead. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is like 101 for, yeah. And then we just see like this quick Mary little scene of him yeah. reading both of their expressions. It, it's so obvious he's just a con artist. And he's super shady when they ask him about Caroline. Like, it's just so obvious that it's that something's way off. And Brian is like, okay, that guy did it for sure. And that's when I was like, well... He can't because it's 20 minutes into the episode. And we've already got, yeah. We've but got, they have oh. that shot when they're leaving the house and Jack looks back up at the house and Martin's watching them from the window. Yeah. And then when he sees him looking, he scurries away guiltily. Oh, God, it's It's so like, creepy. all right, it's got to be him. That's yeah. it. It's so creepy. Uh, and the cop that uh, originally erased Lombard from the file doesn't think they'll be able to catch him. He's yeah. basically like, well, I couldn't catch him, so you're not going to catch him. And we kind of get a glimpse of, like, what they've probably been going through on every case of this. Like, the, you know, more experienced, more senior dudes being like, you can't do this. You're a blonde lady. Like, just stop trying. And she's been proving them wrong every single time. I think they say that, spoiler alert, this guy is the only one that gets away from them. From, yeah. I was... I was surprised to see that happen. uh, I think it's, like, you know, to be continued in season two, obviously this dude you would hope uh, yeah. because you really want to see like he's him gonna become like desserts. a long-term villain of theirs because he's a weird fake psychic <laughs> i think it's really funny it would be kind of fitting though like if anyone was gonna get away with it i this have, would be the I, guy. Have, I don't know i don't know but i have the feeling anyway they uh sandra has a super sexy pizza date with this guy greg mm-hmm. uh and he's kind of trying to talk her out of taking this new job it feels like he seems like he's a cop too i couldn't like we don't get much but it felt like he was also, or at least involved in the law or the criminal somehow. She's like, if I stay in this job that I'm doing now, it's professional suicide. Like, people think we're a joke. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, yeah, well, if you take this other job, you have no free time. Like, our relationship will go away and you'll be working 24-7 like a psycho person. She's like, yeah, you know, that's true. Something to think about kind of thing. But she would totally take it. Yeah, so See, can. I really got the feeling she was going to end up turning it down. Maybe. I mean, that's her whole character arc right now is she's a workaholic who's... That's true. Running out of time to turn away from work. But I feel like she feels so responsible for these three old guys now. And like that, if she left, that the unit might... They would be gone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They get the results back from the lab. They are doing a lot of good work. Uh, The funny... Can we talk about the funny scene where they go to take their physical? Oh. And like stretching and taking pills. Oh, absolutely. Jerry doesn't make it because his grandson is being born, who ends up being (laughs) named Jerry. And then they take the psych test, and they have three very different strategies uh, as to how to get through it. A psychometric questionnaire is a series of multiple choice questions to which there's no correct answer. As such. I'm sorry? Well, there's no correct answer to any individual question. But a whole series of answers reveals personality and attitude, which may or may not be what the force requires of its personnel. 
One hour, no conferring. Question one. You come across £100 in the street. Do you A, hand it into your local police station, B, leave a note nearby with your name and number, C, pocket the money and spend it, or D, spend the money to buy a gun and use that to hold up a petrol station for a hundred times the sum you found? Interesting ethical dilemma. Well, the obvious answer isn't necessarily the answer you want to give. The best strategy is to work out the answer they're looking for and put that. So, let's take this nice and methodically. You come across a hundred pounds in the street, do you, eh? Jesus, sod this for a game of soldiers. A, B, C, D. D, C, B, A. Where does all the D, time go, eh? B, A. I mean, one minute you're the sexiest thing in loom pants, the next, you're some perfect little person's granddad. <laughs> Grandpa Jerry. Well, who'd have thought you'd ever make it this far, eh? <laughs> Finished. Blimey. See you down the pub. Brian obsesses over the questions and tries to tries to game the system, yep. give them the answers. He does want. what I do when you take those like uh, work tests, you know, when you're applying for a job. Yeah, and it's like you don't pick the right answer or the answer that seems right to you. You pick the answer that you think they're asking for. Yes, uh-huh. and it works every time. So yeah, that was his plan. And Jack just goes A B C D D C B A. He does not give a shit about. And then he leaves within like the next ten minutes. Yeah. See you at the pub. And then Jerry uh, starts thinking about his grandson and probably doesn't answer any of the questions. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's Correct. totally checked out. Yeah, he totally misses that for sure. Uh, Sandra goes to talk to Sarah again about Martin Lombard, and we find out kind of what their home life was like, which was not great. Because they're a rich family. Um, she didn't kind of fit into this mold. We didn't say she's very, like, goth kid. She's, like, got dyed hair and black lipstick and stuff. And, and Caroline really struggled at home. And uh, Sarah never kind of said, like, that she was obsessed with psychic fairs or that she would go to them all the time. And Sandra's like, well, maybe you didn't want her found, you know? And she's like, well, and admittedly, it was so much more peaceful yeah. when she wasn't there. And, like, obviously she didn't understand the gravity. But also, like, who's going to think, like, oh, yeah, she went to psychic fairs as, like, a thing to tell the police. Anyway. If they had mentioned, though, that this psychic was involved, she would have. Like, that's the other thing. Nobody told yeah, her. Yeah, she didn't yeah. know about, about him either. Yes, exactly. So lack of communication leading to lack of information. But now they do know, and they prove that she had met Lombard before, and that they knew each other. And then he just admits it, basically, right? I yeah, mean, he tells well, them. They they do. They take him on a on a field on trip a journey mm-hmm. back to well, that shipping container. In lot. the meantime, uh, Jack gets the results back from his test uh, on his wife's clothes, and they find no nothing, no DNA, no nothing helpful. And he's very angry, and he tells. Brian what he did and you can get fired for that like are you crazy and then he tries to resign but what are they supposed to find you just told us that it was a hit and run 
Like, but he yeah, was thinking maybe, maybe they got out of the car, car or paint. Like, I guess that's not DNA. <laughs> somebody could have like gotten out and like checked over her body and left a hair behind. Anything. Yeah. Or, or if it was on purpose, they checked to make sure she was dead. Yes. There could have been a lot of different things. Yeah. But there, there was, was nothing. nothing. There was nothing. And he is so sad. And yeah, he tries to quit, but Sandra is like, no, we need you. You're like the best at interrogations. He's like, fine, well, we'll do it my way because I'm not going to pass this physical anyways. So yeah. I might as well go out with a bang. And yeah, they lock Lombard in the same shipping container. They claim that they found the body. I feel like that thing would be destroyed. The smell There's would definitely. never get out of that. Uh, and he confesses, but he's also recording them, basically, um, police brutalitating him. Yeah, he's. Uh, that was so. He calls his upsetting. lawyer from his phone because he knew they would come for him, basically. Yes. And recorded the entire uh, container conversation, which um, Bevan finds out about, and he pulls the investigation, and he lets Lombard walk free but after most, he literally tells them everything that the, he accidentally. Well, he kidnapped her. He didn't kidnap her. They agreed. They agreed to that, like, oh, hide yeah, her to, away for, the, for a while. Till, and she I don't stayed know. with him for weeks. He said. What money? Yeah. But then she was going to do a couple days in the container just to make it look real. And the container was gone. Yep. With her locked inside with, I guess, a food supply for a few weeks. She couldn't have lasted 42 days without a supply. Mm, Yeah, it's uh, three days, three weeks, three months, right? Three days without water, three weeks without food. Um, Three months without Three weeks without sleep. Without sleep. Three months without food. Wait, you can last three months without food? I I think so. That's crazy. You don't think so? I think it's... Is it the other way around? I think it's around 40, like 40-some, 40 40-some. 40 well, it also happened on uh, The Walking Dead with that guy in the cave. He starved to death. Mm. Mm. I know you can't go more than three days without water. Yes, yes. water's the big one. Without. And I think that you... Yeah, I think if you don't sleep for three weeks, you die. It's food is three weeks. Oof. Oh. Well, then maybe it's if you don't sleep for three months, you die. That's terrifying. I swear it was three, three, three. <laughs> Three weeks without food and you die? That seems fast. I don't know. It also depends, I think, on your on your fat reserves. I was was going to say, I have a lot of fat in my body. I feel like I would last at least a month. So it depends without food, if I had water. Yeah. But, I mean, who knows? Uh, This was... The worst part of this episode is when when he's walking back to his car, uh, Lombard, or to the to Strickland's his car. Lawyer's car. His lawyer's uh, Was that his lawyer or Strickland was giving him a lift to the lawyer? lawyer picked him up. Either way, it look, he, and he looks back up at them, gives them a little calmy gesture. Like, yeah, oh yeah, was, it's over. That's, like, he's it's no, he wasn't doing the call me. He was like, hey, I recorded you on my phone. Right, okay. <laughs> I gotcha. Was, Fuck you. I recorded you on my phone. It was so galling. Yeah. He's such a... So, and he does, he's, and I didn't believe him, but he's like, basically like, well, since the shipping container was moving, I figured she'd be found. So that's why I didn't say anything. And then all this time went by and then I still didn't say anything. Like it's to me, he's just a coward. He did not want to get caught at the time and he was willing to gamble with her life. Yeah. I almost didn't even believe him. I was like, you fucking kidnapped her and murdered her and threw her in a crate. But I... It's possible. I think we were supposed to believe him. Yeah. It's just because she survived so long that I believe him. Yeah. That I believe she was Only believe him because be the psychic there, at the beginning, who we do get his name, which I think was Christopher, the Christopher. very last scene, they give him a name, uh, said that she was sorry, so... She was sorry for everything. She was so very sorry. For that happening and ruining her sister's life and 
her parents' life and just because she wanted some attention Ugh. and some love for who she already was. A bit of a heavy hitter for another episode. Also, okay, they're having this whole conversation back at headquarters before they leave. The AC's been fixed. The lights have been fixed. And they're talking about whether or not Sandra would have left. Taken the job. And they, yeah, they find out not from her that she's been offered this job. Yeah. Because Bevan is pissed and he's screaming about this interrogation <laughs> and how she's ruined her chances and now it's over. She's stuck exactly where she is. They can't believe that she would take it. Well, Jerry can't Jerry, believe it. Jerry, who apparently used his pregnant daughter's urine for the test. I thought that, that was very funny. That yeah. Yes, he okay. definitely did. I also liked when Bevan was like, it's not the 70s, it's not even the 80s anymore. <laughs> you can't beat up suspects. Pretty great. All right, quiz us. No, no. Quiz time? Wait. Give me that donut. Wait, because they yeah. leave... And then one of the lights goes off. Yes. What was that supposed I don't to mean? Know. That was, was that Mary. That was Mary. Yes. That was, si- that was the was... second time a light blew out Jesus in the episode. Christ. Yeah. He said when he was yelling at her, like, "I want to sign anything, just like a light flickering or whatever." And I can't tell you exactly what other scene it was in, but there was a, another scene where he walked out of the room and a light went out. That's so frustrating. Yeah, so that was Mary sending her signs. The point being that he, she's probably constantly sending signs, but he keeps just missing it That's by walking out of the room. That kills me. Yeah. That kills me. I don't, I did not like that. I thought it was supposed to be, it was either that, That's which so I assume, silly. or that, like, they're just going to keep doing maintenance and things are just going to keep breaking oh, and it's not like a conspiracy. They're just in a right. shitty part of the building. That's true, but I feel like there was another time and it's I don't definitely think supposed it was down to be there. there. Right. I think it was at his house that a light turned off or something. I think you're... It makes the most sense given mm-hmm. it's the start of the Could episode. Both, it's the end of the episode. Yeah. He's trying to reach her. She's trying to reach him. They're crossing paths. I'm, yeah. I like that. <laughs> I just... Uh, okay, let's do this quiz, guys. Ready. I'm so ready. Quiz time. All right. I want my donut. This is never used in either of the episodes, but one of the characters has a trick memory. A photographic memory they can use to recall obscure details from these cold cases. Is it Brian Lane, Jack Halford, Sandra Pullman, or Jerry Standing? Bech. I'm going to say it's Brian. I'll just go with Jerry for the sake of diversity. Interesting. It is obviously Brian. He's a crazy person. <laughs> from his character alone, you know. Yeah. He seems like a little bit of a savant, savanty brain. Yeah, you see it a bit in the pilot when he's uh, writing down the chain of, of pervert uh, stockings, mm. right? When he's mapping all that out. Yeah. And I guess in his house with all the conspiracy theories all over the walls. Yeah, I hope those got taken down. Uh, for his wife's sake? Yes, yeah. absolutely. What is Sandra's secret addiction? Oh, Hannah just got this look on her face like, mmm, go on. My immediate thought was sex, but it's not going to be that. <laughs> no, it'll be either A, painkillers, B, junk food, C, mystery novels, or D, horror films. Oh, God. These are all terrible addictions. Uh, B. C. It is B. It is junk food. Damn it. If anyone has food and does not finish it, she finishes it. Oh, uh, well, we didn't talk about that scene where one of them was eating in the the briefing and he even got yelled at because it was so noisy. And then when Jerry was like, hey, give me one of those. Oh, they're eating the Maltesers. Yeah. The really crunchy candy. Yeah. yeah. And that's why he wants to be partners with him because the other guy doesn't More even Maltesers. like Maltesers. <laughs> yes. Okay. They're everywhere. And England likes their Maltesers. 
Brian has to take medication. Yes. He flushes it down the toilet. It's not explicitly mentioned, but what does he take medication for? Is it A, manic depression, B, schizophrenia, C, OCD and paranoia, or D, bipolar disorder? Oh, God. I'll I'll go with the above. Yeah, I go with D. C. It's C. Yes. It's C. He's not schizophrenic. That was B. If anyone yeah, that was B. I didn't say B, B was schizophrenic. I know you didn't. She I know, but you D. said all of the above. No, I said D. You oh, didn't even say I, all of the above. I, I said all You of said the all of the above, but then you said B. <laughs> that yeah. wasn't an option. I'm, I'm just sorry. Saying. I thought that was you. Nobody said B. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I just said bipolar. That was my answer. Yeah. It's a good answer. I thought C or D close. for sure. Feels like too, too early for bipolar uh, disorder. To address it even on television? Well, they didn't call it that. They called it manic depression, I think. Mm. You said Uh, that too, didn't you? I did. But it's specifically for OCD and paranoia. I think they just like throw a bunch of different terms around. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's all a whole big bag of the same shit. Exactly. (laughs) We all have all those things. Fair enough, yeah. Well, paranoia, for sure. Has Superintendent Sandra Pullman ever been married? Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. We met Greg, but has she been married? Is it A... Yes, and they're divorced. B, no, never. C, came close but was left at the altar. Or D, yes, but her husband has also passed. Mm, I'm going to say B. I'm going with yes, divorced. Is that A? That's correct. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> to both? To both. Uh, it is A, and it is two the right answer. Two to two, Saskia. It's a very tight... Uh. Now, we all loved the theme song. We all thought it was one of the best theme songs we've ever heard. I did not love it. I can't I even recall it. It, it was, was that extremely funny. It was sung by someone pretty surprising. Oh, God. Was it sung by A, Lindsay Buckingham? Oh, my God. Of Fleetwood Mac. B, Robbie Williams of Robbie Williams fame. C, Dennis Waterman, who played Jerry. Or D, Alan Armstrong, who played Brian. Oh, my God. Okay, I have to go with C. I can't even remember if it was a man or a woman. I'm going to say C, too. You're, at, you're right. Yeah. Jerry? Jerry sang the theme song. He also sang the theme song on Motives, I think, another show he was on. Amazing. Oh, that's ridiculous. It's so cheesy. So dumb. Hopefully, Pierce will put it on the end so you can hear it. Right, I can't believe it. It's three and three. Uh, is there a tie-breaking I got a couple more, so we'll hope, well, we're, okay. as soon as we break this tie, we'll go. In episode 5 of series 1, the episode 1984 revolves around what plot point? Is it A, a murder committed in 1984? B, a 1984 kidnapping with a ransom note cut from the novel 1984? C, a 1984 murder taking place at the address 1984 Willoughby Street? Or D, a murder where the only clue is a library copy of 1984? Oh my god. Wait, was A again? Can you just repeat A? A is just a murder committed in 1984. Damn it, okay, that's... that's, that's D. Oh, okay. Um. Good answer. Good answer. <coughs> I'm going to go with A. Saskia? Is that your final answer? It is my final answer. Guess what? It's You're, A. Uh, it is A. Damn it! It is right. Everything else? It was a murder committed in 1984. And the episode's called 1984? Uh, it is, yes. Oh my god. And it has no connection whatsoever to the book, which I was very annoyed That's by. That's very annoying. Very annoyed. I never get to win. Alright, Saskia, I'm going to pass you your winning donut while Hannah pulls out her spreadsheet here. I think here. these two are cheaters. Oh my god, this is light today. That's right. Oh, it's so old-fashioned. Exactly. Sugared. Well, we did... This was a very old-fashioned show. Oh, it did. Old-fashioned old fashioned people. people. Jinx. It's Super approach. All right. Hopefully we're going to get some youngins in our next pick. 
Yeah, we'll see. Should people watch this show? I think you should. I think so. It's yeah. worth it. I was entertained. I was never bored. I'm going to give it a 75. Out of 100? Yeah. I'm going to give it an 84. <laughs> it was... Compl- After 92 episodes, <laughs> we're going to start giving shows a percentage. Why not? <laughs> I'll go with 68. All right. Whoa. Yeah. She didn't care for I it. Was just, right. I, ah, I was very... You're too young. Very bored. 40 more years. You gotta really love the Come BBC. Come back around. I do love the 60s. BBC. Then this should have been perfect for you. I didn't care for the comedy. Uh, all right, let's pick a new show. Okay, what are our I numbers? just I added a few. I feel like I'm gonna do that every time. I'm gonna put a few more at the end again and see just to get it some more variety. Okay. Uh, you have one and three hundred and twenty-one this time. Jesus, three seventeen. Hmm. <laughs> Mm, I'll go with 321. What? <laughs> I want, yeah. What are you, are you shooting for Zoe 101 again? <laughs> 321 is Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Oh! Animation yes! comedy from 2000. And 317 is a Canadian show called Flashpoint. Oh! Oh. Well, I mean, I know which one I think we should watch. Uh, you think we should watch Aqua Teen Hunger Force? Absolutely. And I think we should watch Flashpoint. Saskia? Well, it's Hannah's Donut. It's true. Oh, that's right. And I've seen Flashpoint, decide. and I have not seen Aqua Teen Hunger Force. <sighs> so it probably would make more sense to do the donut for the show I've actually seen every single episode of. It's All inspired right, by the Real Life Emergency Task Force of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Right, it's true, and it right. actually takes place in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. <sighs> oh my Canadian god, boy. and it features our favorite ever, Father... Enrico Colantino. All right. Tony All right. Colantoni. Mr. Veronica Mars. All right. You, there's a million Daddy reasons Mars. we have to do it. And there's also a uh, Power Ranger in it. The pink one, I think. Oh. I thought the pink one was the one that... No, that's the yellow one. I don't know anything about it. Okay. Except that she's in this show. Well, then I guess we have to watch it. Well, All right, guys. Tune in next time when we watch... Uh, another amazing Canadian show, Flashpoint. Flashpoint. Somebody has to care. Point. All right, check us out online. We're at TV Donut. Feel yes. free to leave us a review on iTunes and uh, hit us up if you just want to talk TV. Saskia, any parting thoughts? No, nothing. Then here comes the amazing theme song. Bye. It's all right. It's okay. Doesn't really matter if you're old and gray. It's all right. I say it's okay. Listen to what I say. It's alright, doing fine. Doesn't really matter if the sun don't shine. It's alright, I say it's okay. We're getting to the end of the day. I take low tech, take your pick. Cause you can't teach an old dog a brand new trick. I don't care what everybody says. At the end of the It's alright, take your time Everybody thinks that you passed your prime It's alright, it's okay Still got plenty to say It's alright, it's okay Doesn't really matter if you're old and gray It's alright, I say it's okay 